Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsign with you. It is your Front and Nationwide Podcast number two for the week. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Did you see the Selkie vote? <laughs> uh, I did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> did Nick finish fifth or 23rd? Well, he did. He certainly is the only Blue Jackets player to get votes. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good for him. I mean, I, I, that's about where it should be, right? Who picked him in our, in our preview, in our CBJ picks earlier this week, Aaron? Did you? Did you? Oh, that's why you're so excited about this and why it's oh, bad come lead on. off here. You seriously forgot? I moved on. I moved on. I mean, I was, I was, dis- I was, I was distraught by our first uh, ballot. Uh, the result last night. I'm, I'm just joking. Boy, people were furious last night, Allison, when John Tortorella was revealed to have not won the Jack Adams Trophy. Now, I'll be honest with you. I thought he was going to win it. You did too. I did too, but I'm also pragmatic enough to say that I think that the way that season went down, and it's just the nature of the beast, I can see how that story wasn't fully understood or appreciated by the majority of people cover broadcasters covering the league. And and that I say I say that literally without judgment. I there's a I see how that happened. But I do think he should have yeah. won regardless. Yeah, and so I mean the it's Jack Adams award given to the coach of the year. Um you if you heard Tuesday's podcast you're well plugged into all of this. John Tortorella has been not, was nominated for the fifth time. He was in line to win his third, which would have tied him with Pat Burns for the most ever in the NHL. Pretty pretty darn lofty uh territory that. Um he did not win. Now, I I mean, I'm with you. I really I, even even as a sports fan for, of, of other sports, I'm not – I never get hung up on these. Like I never break furniture if my favorite right. baseball team's pitcher doesn't win the Cy Young Award. Right. I, and maybe it's just – I don't know. Maybe I'm not a legitimate enough fan. But I care more about the games and, and, and the players and all that sort of stuff than this kind of stuff. This is just icing on cake, and I don't like icing anyways. Um, <laughs> so – I guess I really wasn't that shocked because every year it seems like the awards are like, are you kidding me? But I, I thought John Tortorella would win. To me, that was an obvious one. Um, and I thought if if the voters cared 
to take notice of what the team did in 2016-17, the broadcasters. They weren't going to miss this one. I mean, this was this was almost more impressive to me than 2016-17. To go back then, 16-17, they made a 32-point improvement over the year before. That's crazy. This year's this year's season, and, and people had plenty of time to think about this during the pause when the when the voting was was cast, but the um I mean, the Blue Jackets were left for dead. We all know that. Then they lost all those injuries. Sometimes, Allison, you're right. The, maybe the injuries make it different and uh, make it difficult for some teams to, to some broadcasters to quantify. Uh, but I was a little surprised by that. And not just surprised that he didn't win. Again, you never know what to expect. But according to Jackets Insider Jeff Sabota, and I suppose I could have done the math myself, perhaps you did. There were 132 ballots, and you vote one, two, three, or top three. Right. And John Tortorella did not appear on 70 of the 132 ballots. So only 47% of broadcasters thought he was a top three coach this year. That's the part that I find appalling. Uh, again, I agree. And I think that, you know, it, I mean – and we've talked about this. This is a guy who comes by a reputation earnestly um, for behavior in the past. But, you know, if, if that's what's hurting him here too, like the one rant he went on this regular season, half the league, if not more, agreed with him about, Absolutely. The, poor, about the clock misfunction. So, you know, what, what, I think, what I think people don't understand, I think they see, I think what people see is here's this team and they made it into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. Weird year. Yeah, we don't know anybody, but they didn't really blow the doors off. I think that's what people yeah. might see. And, and I think in fairness right. to broadcasters, that's a tough job. And if you're flying in, flying out, back-to-backs, for example, you're just trying to get your bearings about the players on the other team that, that are hot or that, that should be talked about in that moment and, and trying to do the very best you can. But I, I think that... Yeah so much of the nuance of of the narrative of the style of play players coming up and seamlessly fitting into the system but you had such great comments in your interview with the two assistant coaches of players saying we flat out believe that we're going to win even if people look at our roster card and laugh um yeah so much of this and and so much of motivating guys to be bigger than they should have been in terms of the sum of their parts just I tweeted this. I think this was arguably the best coaching job of Torts's career this year. Yeah. Now that's interesting. So um, I, let me just go through a couple of things here. So the the rant that he had around New Year's, I want to say December thirty yeah, first. Yeah. It was. Or excuse a, me. Right it was before. Right yeah. at. Yeah. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly. Twelve twenty nine. Twelve twenty. There you go. It was against Chicago. Correct. And he was right. He was right. The. Uh, the other time he was fine, of course, was was in the bubble. But by then, the the votes had been cast, so that none of Correct. that, it's none of the broadcasters would have said that's no way to treat our media brethren and sisters. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. There goes my right. vote. Right. Right. So they're already voted at this point. But I'll say this, and I'm not sure a lot of people um, would know this. So uh, on the morning of games, the coaches available to the media. That means you. That means me. That means the print people, and the broadcasters. But Torts is one of those old school coaches who, after that, in most cases, will peel off to the side and talk to the broadcasters. And they have a conversation. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and a lot of the older coaches do that. Some of the younger ones don't. 
and they have conversations about players that he would never have with us. Correct. Um, and I, re- I recognize that. And, the, and those broadcasters, many of them former players, um, but they, they will walk away from that conversation informed in a way so that when they watch the game that night, they have certain things to look for. And the conversation that they have with the coaches, that does not make it into the broadcast booth directly, but it informs their, their jobs. That's awesome. Um, Torts, I think he has a really good relationship with the broadcasters. Um, and honestly, we should probably even go, and we'll get into to what it's like to cover John Tortorella um, in a bit. But I, I don't think most even media members have a bad relationship with John Tortorella. There's just moments here and there, but it usually cleans up pretty quickly. I think he gets along really well with the broadcasters. But that brings me to my next point. I don't think they... I don't think they said, I don't like that guy's behavior on mass and said, I'm not voting for him. Agreed. I think they probably just didn't think of the Blue Jackets this year because they finished what amounted to ninth in the East. Right. So I think that's, I think that's how they see it. You and I that's are in it. We take, we take the time, we process all of the, oh my God, look at their lineup tonight. Like that's insane that they're winning. Right. But, yeah, you, you don't expect that level of attention in, in every market. Here's my bigger issue with with the uh, the broadcasters. None of them individually, but as a whole, many of them work for the teams. Correct. And there is, I'm looking at the voting. I should call it up here. Um, it some of them you're like really, and you if you could look back through the. Um, through the voting ballots, if you could ever get your hands on who voted for who, and I certainly am not that into it to, to do this, but you, you would look at it and, and you'd see some people voting for their guy. Right. Right? Right. I'm sorry, Joel Quenville? I know. Joel Quenville doesn't think he was one of the three best coaches right. in the league this year. <laughs> like right. he, he just doesn't. Like, that's right. insane. Jeff Ward in Calgary? Um, so what I think happens is these guys are employed by the teams and they feel a responsibility. They vote for their guy. They're going to stick up for their guy. Even it, it reminds me of covering like high school sports when the coach would like make up yards for the seniors yeah. when it was a freshman going crazy and he's taking care of his guy and no one has a problem with it. And you're like, well, bullshit, that kid didn't do that. Right. It was the freshman that did it. Anyways, these guys take care of their own. Some guys, I know that's a blank blanket statement. I don't think it's widespread. But but of all the guys that in this list, the one that bugs me the most, I think, is Craig Berube getting 12 first place votes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they he, the year after he won the cup. Like, I'm not saying he didn't do a good job, but like they, they won the Stanley Cup. What were you expecting right. this year? Uh, Bruce Cassidy is another. Bruce Cassidy is a hell of a hockey coach. Did he do an incredible job because the Bruins had a really strong regular season? I kind of think they were going to have a pretty good regular season. Am I onto something? What, uh, yeah, and, and you know, I want to be very careful here because the last thing I need is someone, you know, quote tweeting the Front and Nationwide podcast about how Allison slammed Bruce Cassidy or whatever the heck. But it, it's when when it wasn't torts. Again, I could understand yeah. that, but then I was sure it was Elaine Vigneault. Sure that it was Elaine yeah. Vigneault. Right. Um, Absolutely. And, and so, yeah. so Cassidy was not my next pick. And, you know, the uh, in listening to others on the national scene, the the one quote unquote, I, I, don't, I hate saying explanation because like I'm not again, I'm not saying the man doesn't deserve an award, but was that it's after what they went through last year to achieve such 
heights again and in fact get the president's trophy was this massive accomplishment. And I will say, because many a Bruins fan has been happy to point this out to me, the Bruins dealt with a significant set of injuries as well. However, mm-hmm. of the three finalists, if I had had if, if I had, had to pick, that was not in my top two. Yeah. And again, I, I, I'm not, this, does, this isn't something that I honestly, the way the world is right now, this isn't anything yeah. I spend a minute being upset on like this doesn't crack the top 500 to me right now um and and i knowing john tortorella the amount that we do i don't think he could i don't i think he slept probably pretty well last night if anything he said oh honey we don't i don't have to do a zoom tonight that's exactly like no questions tonight this is fantastic um yeah i mean i look he's he is proud of the work he does he's delighted to be an nhl coach but it was pretty clear um, when he won the award in 2017 yep. at the yep. award ceremony. And he was he was very grateful and very appreciative. But I, I almost got the sense before the fact that he was kind of hoping he wouldn't have to go up on stage. Um, that's just kind of how he's yeah. wired. But hell, who knows? He may get a third one, third one yet. Um, so, yeah, John Tortorella, um, much to uh, – always much to talk about. Um, you mentioned, Allison, the job that the coaches – uh, the assistant coaches, how they talked about the job that John Tortorella did. I want to get into that um, with you. Uh, a story we posted on our website uh, two days ago. Um, it's it's worth the read. It's rather lengthy, but Bradshaw and Brad Larson go into, into a long uh, explanation. Only four or five questions, but some really rich answers. I want to get to that topic on the other side. We'll take a quick break and we'll come right back to that. Now is the time to celebrate. Football is back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of this weekend's action with over $8 million up for grabs across all of their contests. To kick off the season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit when you use the code MAZE during sign-up. Get in on the action now. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with the DraftKings lineup. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a $1 million top prize. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code MAYS, M-A-Y-S. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize, and compete for over $8 million in prizes across all contests. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code MAZE to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code MAZE, M-A-Y-S, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and includes an LED light and is made with advanced skin-safe trademark technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes Manscaped Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver, a toning spray, both super practical, and they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts. 
the Shed Travel Bag, and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use THEATHLETIC20, THEATHLETIC20. From the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. Okay, Allison, what stood out to you, if anything? Bradshaw, Brad Larson talking about the job they did as a coaching staff this year and the job specifically that John Tortorella did uh, with the Blue Jackets. Gosh, a, a lot of things uh, stood out. And, it, and honestly, I was, I was, um, it, was, it was quite honest talk from them about how they viewed the challenge of this season and, and the realities of their roster when injury set in. But I think, again, that speaks to this coaching job. Um, but what stuck out to me, and, and I will own that this is something that I have said many times about John Tortorella um, from my dealings with him, is yes, he is about conflict. Yes, that is the narrative that's out there, but he's actually using it in an incredibly productive and intentional way. And I think to see the whole staff be on board with it, um, that that was that to me, that's the, that's the paradox of John Tortorella is if you don't understand how he's using conflict, you just think he's an ass. But if you understand how he's yeah. using conflict and that it's respectful, it's intentional, and that it's actually bought into, um, the more I'm around this league, and you probably have seen this for years, is that honesty is, is often hard to come by between players and coaches. And, and we wouldn't necessarily think that, but it's true. Yeah. And so to be honest with a player in all things will gain you a lot of rope with players. And I think that's to hear both assistant coaches talk about the importance of that as well. That was key to me. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting is I've, I have worked sort of with the belief, seen it, at least by my eyes, that nothing – well, I've, I've said this often. Of all of the years of, of covering sports – it's not money. It's not fame. It's not. It's not all of the trappings therein that motivate players quite as strongly as does somebody believing you can't do something. Yep, for sure. Um, and and I think that drives almost everybody, even the great ones. Half of them just make shit up about people <laughs> saying stuff about them. Michael to Jordan. motivate them. Like yes, and and you. I remember. I don't know if it was it was Duke or Kentucky. Some NCAA basketball team went like thirty eight zero, and at at the championship podium with the, each with a piece of net in their hand, the the kids are saying, "Well, you know what? No, from day one, nobody believed in us." I'm like, "You've been number one all damn year. Like, no one's not believed in you. What are you talking about?" But they convince right. themselves of that. It's motivation. Um, and I asked Brad Shaw, then he's like, "You know what? I don't think anybody does it better. I don't think." Yeah. There's a coach that puts a chip on the shoulder of, of players better than John Tortorella. And the same question, not verbatim, but the same idea was posed to Brad Larson. And he said, I think that's a bad read. I don't I don't think we really operate that way. And I was like, really? So there's and and he wasn't like contradicting Brad Shaw. He was just saying how he feels uh, that Tortorella, Tortorella motivates and he doesn't see it as us against the world. But I have felt that emanating from that room. Maybe it's a bad read, Allison. 
you know what I think was what I took away from that as he kept talking, I thought it was a really nice balance of what his comments said, which were because he didn't want to crap on the progress that the organization has made and specifically a lot of the players who've been in that room for a while. And he talked about, you know, does Cam Atkinson think he's a bad player? No. And he shouldn't. You know, does Nick Foligno think he's a, a bad player? No, and he shouldn't. And they have, in fact, accomplished a lot in the context of Columbus. But to create that energy, nonetheless, with a group that maybe shouldn't feel that way, in the, in the, in the sense that I, I read Lars's comments, I think is, is, the, is the praise that Torts allows. Because this isn't the Blue Jackets of 2011 anymore, right? There is, there is room to, to puff a chest a little bit. Um, so I took it sure. that way in his, but, but I, I do agree with you. I think that Torts does it. He did it this year. It's when he's at his best. And I can't think of any other time that it was more obvious. It's subtle now, but I think the reason we can see it so well is how blatant it was during that 16 and 0 run when those guys were just yeah. openly talking about it. And, um, yeah. that's when we saw it so personified and now we can kind of detect it even when it's not as blatant. <laughs> I think, and I've been thinking more about this I, and it, it, talking to those two guys sort of crystallized this for me. Uh, I think the really impressive line that Tortorella walked this year and the reason he ended up on the old trap of nobody believes in you is because Part of it's how you sell it to the team, too. So sure. no, ma- no matter how you say this, when you say to a team, Panarin's gone, Duchesne's gone, and our goalie, we don't know about our goalies. Yeah. Well, right there, you've said <laughs> your goalies. We don't know about our goalies, right? And that, right. that's not a wrong thing to feel. Totally. But you can't then later act like you knew they were going to be fine. So right. you present it to your team. We can't play the way we used to play. We can't, and it, and part of it was I think they explained it by the goalies, which is is true to a point. But it's hard to look at Nick Foligno, Boone Jenner, Cam Atkinson. It's easy for us to say they are this kind of player, they are that kind of player, whatever. It would it's a hard sell to players like that. I would think that okay, the skill is gone. Now we have to club it up here, boys. Do you know what I'm saying? And so rather than I don't know how you present a new style to those players without and and they're mature enough and wise enough to know their game and their limitations. Every NHL player has them. Most do anyways. But that's a tough sell to proud players. And, and maybe that's why we saw the first 20 games of the season that were a mess. Like, I think the players were trying to play as though nothing changed. And the coaches were adamant that they had to change the way they played because so much had changed. But how do you sell that to a proud room? Do you know what I'm saying? I totally do. And I, I think Brad Larson more or less said that, right? It was Brad Larson, I believe, yeah. who, who spoke to that point. I think that's 100% spot on. And you know that he said, this is why we had some issues in the early going. And then we started to get broken and we just had to play. Um, and we had talked about yeah, that Shaw, last season anyway. Uh, excuse me. So it was Brad Shaw. Yep. Yeah. So I think so, yeah. But but you know, I think too there was there were other breadcrumbs. Interviews like that are so fascinating because I'm not saying read into stuff that isn't there, but there were breadcrumbs there. Um, even the stuff about how when they knew that the as they said the Russians weren't coming back, and as those plans started to crystallize, 
again, it's a little bit of a window into to that drama they had to manage. And I think you can harness that. Um, you can yeah. harness that frustration. We went through hell last year. And for what? Right. For people to say we suck now? Come on. Yeah. You know? So right. I, I do think that there was an angle regardless. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, I was also intrigued at the at the question or the answers to the question about have they talked to John Tortorella about how he handles post-game interviews, how he <laughs> yeah. handles his interactions with the, the, the press. And, and Larson was really interesting on this, you know, yes, we've had those discussions. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not how I would handle it. Right. And Brad Shaw flat said he needs to do it. It's just, he's got to get it out of his system. Sucks to be you guys sometimes. But that's part of his process, and everybody yep. has one. Um, yep. I was interested in that because the, the man's racked up, oh, a Lamborghini worth of fines. Yeah, exactly. Um, through the years. Yeah. Anything with that? I mean, it, I found it entertaining. And again, maybe we're too close to it, but I feel like when we're sitting waiting for him a while, we know that's what he's doing, is he's processing it yeah. so that he can come down yeah. and not be a mess. <laughs> when he talks to us. Um, And I think that, too, you know, their their experiences, it's something we can all actually relate to as you come to know your your colleagues and your bosses and you come to realize when is the time for feedback and when this person's just this way and and this is how we roll. (laughs) Yeah, right. Now, I'll say this, too. This this might be at risk of stepping in a a big pile of a dog, you know what. But... When people say, I, I get a, I, I almost demand clarification. When people say, um, he he speaks, he says what's on his mind, or he speaks the truth, and I and and all of that's all of that's fair, but I think there needs to be some clarity there. He speaks what he believes is the truth. Yes. In other words, he's he is not just the arbiter of all things right and wrong, yes. and everybody else has to get in line. And of course, that's the problem that he has with people in the media and and it, it's not a prolonged thing it's not he does not have arch enemies that he hates and will never talk to again yada 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 um it comes and it goes but you have those moments because what he declares to be the truth and this is the way it is you're quite free as a media member to say i don't know i'm going to ask a little bit more on that question because i i don't i don't think you've answered that question like we had a thing, it was last year with Bobrovsky, where you know, I, you don't want to be you don't want to be the guy that that's uh, that's going to take sh- shit on right. Twitter for asking the question that sends the coach off. But but when you cover a team whose two time Vesna Trophy winner um, has been suspended, it is not enough, and you may not get an answer. But you can't just have the coach say, "I'm not talking about that." Well, I'm right. sorry. Right. Like it's the freaking goaltender. I'm going to right. ask a question. Right. And, and and you might you may not like it, but I, I don't think I'm wrong or whoever asked that question is wrong in that in that situation. So, I mean, heads get butted. And Allison, you, you've seen this up close for a few years now. Heads, heads, butt. Uh, you have flare ups and then usually it's taken care of pretty quickly thereafter with a with a text message, a phone call. Um, it's not this. It's not round-the-clock acrimonious? A hundred percent. And, you know, I think that 
the, the flack that probably you in particular take on Twitter for some of these questions, you know, this is, this is the blessing and the curse of being a fan is that in those moments, often Tortorella is representing a, a more fan friendly perspective is protecting his team. He's not saying anything bad. You know, he's going to, to fight right. for, for his side, but there are times after when emotion cools, when, when there are things that have to be asked about, um, be they good or be they bad. And, you know, people have even said this about some of the availability in the bubble and right or wrong, you know, people can complain about, oh, we don't need to hear some guy say play a full 60 minutes, uh, 18 more times. No, you don't. But the work that goes into asking more than that is what you do want to hear and what's interesting and what's compelling. And that it it is literally part of the job description. (laughs) And so you have to do your job. That's, that's just how it is. Right. Right. And I think the frustrating thing for the people around John Tortorella, who constantly, almost to the point where I'm, if, if I'm a reader, I'm saying, all right, enough with the good guy trope. But I think the people around him are always talking about what a good guy he is because a, he is a good guy. Yes. But B, they've tried to stress to him, cool your ass down, compartmentalize. Right. And if you don't want to ask a question, either you don't you don't have to, to up and walk away, say, I'm not talking about that right now. And most of the time right. he's been pretty good at that. Yep. If the question is just a little too specific for you, most coaches can find a can find room between here's what I'll give you and here's what I'm not going to give you to talk. And describe and answer the question. Um, and so he, I guess what I'm trying to say is John Tortorella is not always right, but he's not always wrong and he's not a bad person. We're going to miss him when he's gone. Oh, oh, with all due respect to whoever, whoever comes after him, it's, 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 it's not going to be as good. <laughs> and, and to no. your point, to your point, as you said, you know, even in those moments of tension, um, it, he, John Tortorella is always fair to his fellow humans. And to your point is that even if stuff is acrimonious, it is either processed or joked about or let go and it doesn't linger. And again, that speaks back to that honesty and conflict that, that I was describing before is that even if he's not behaving in your ideal way one night, it, it's, not a pers- it's not personal at all. It's just, it's just towards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he's an interesting cat. He's an interesting cat. Um, So thanks for listening. I think we've uh, covered the, the John Tortorella, the, the uh, Jack Adams trophy, all of that good stuff. The, the uh, Selkie trophy. What's the next trophy? Allison, any idea what comes out tomorrow? Is that the Calder tomorrow? I don't even know. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, (laughs) I would like to note. I would like to note real quickly, if we can, that uh, the announcement came out today that NCAA hockey is being um, pushed back. Um, So obviously, an impact to our college hockey um, fans and players and friends. So um, shout out to them as we continue to try and manage um, this situation at a university level. Pushed back indefinitely, or do they have a date? They do not have a date at this time. Okay, gotcha. All right. Good to know. Allison, thanks for your time as always. Thank you. 
No, thank you. And we'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.